0: My pleasure now to welcome Michelle Wright to the show. She'll be receiving the CMA Ontario Impact Award on June 3rd in London, Ontario, as part of the CMA Ontario Awards. That's going to be an amazing night and made even more special by that award presented to Michelle for her great career so far. And, of course, with her career, there's much more to come, and we're going to talk about that. Welcome to the show, Michelle Wright. Hey there, Michelle.
1: Hi. How fun is that? I, who just, I'm Isn't so excited this, about receiving this um, award. And, you know, Dave. I'm as you're saying it. I'm just kind of grinning from ear to ear. You know, because I'm just a, I'm just a small town farm girl from Merlin, Ontario. You know, <laughs> dreaming the dream, and I just, you know, just, just to. I, I I remember thinking. I just hope that I can just get a get a gig once in a while in Ontario. You know. to <laughs> – Thirty-six years later, there's this magnificent uh, association now that exists, and and how lovely for them to to recognize myself and uh, old Gordon Lightfoot and Blue Rodeo and the the fellas there from the is it the Havelock Jamboree? I think a couple of gentlemen that have organized that uh, festival for all these years. So nice, nice to have this uh, this awards show and then this lovely award, and I get to get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you will be in great company with the people that you just mentioned What an honor, Michelle, to have your career recognized this way As you said, by this the province that you grew up in And all the dreams you had And an Impact Award is you know, saying that you've had an impact on country music And left, left a lasting impression
1: Well, that's really beautiful You know, I guess when I think about it sometimes Because it's a funny thing, I've never particularly been someone that was setting out to, uh, oh, do anything other than, I just, I loved playing music and hanging with the boys and running the roads and being pretty footloose and fancy free and just having right. the time of my life, you know, and I, 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 I don't know if I thought past much of that at some, to a, to a certain point, although to imagine that perhaps something that you did, uh, So I did take it pretty seriously as far as being a woman in the business and wanting to, you know, create a certain presence for women and, you know, a certain presence Mm -hmm. for myself. And so it's really just lovely to imagine that. I, I know I was impacted by different artists. And if I can have an impact on a young girl coming up, I really think I, I, I just cherish that thought now, you know, to think that that might be part of my career.
0: Well, I know there are a lot of female artists out there, Michelle, uh, growing up listening to your music and watching you on CMT and, and your performances elsewhere, that you became a role model to them, uh, you as a person and you as an artist. And have you had a chance over the years, and I'm sure you have, to hear from just, you know, different female artists saying that you did influence them?
1: You know, I think every now and then someone will certainly uh, come up and say that to me, Um, you know, through the years, uh, Jess Muskaluk. And I remember a couple of years ago just standing backstage while Jess was getting – we were at the president's dinner or something, and I think she was getting some award or some some new artist thing or something – and I just hugged her and I just said, There's so many of us that have been cheering you on because I know how hard she's been working at that point. And she was just, she just said, Oh, that just meant so much to her because she didn't really know that we, people are thinking about her, but we were. We were watching her. And so uh, I, I think uh, there have been a few girls that have come up to me through the years and, and, and thanked me.
0: I look back uh, at your bio and at your first song you've ever written, and this is kind of uh, foreshadowing your career, uh, called "Reaching for the Stars." That first song kind of came true for you, Michelle. By gosh,
1: it sure did, Dave. You know, I I, I wrote that song my second week. Um, the you know I went to school and went to college and then i got offered to go on the road with a road band out of nashville this band was out of nashville and the agency was out of michigan and i got offered to go they're called wild oats and so muscatine iowa was my first like professional in the in a band six nights a week traveling from town to town uh that was my first gig and yeah and 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 uh and it was my birthday. It was my first birth, the, the the week of my birthday as well. So I can always remember specifically how many years I've been on the road. And it was about, I believe, it was the second week that I sat down and wrote that song. And uh, my life lies before me. I'm young and I'm free. And I know there's one thing that's a part of me. (laughs) As long as I'm playing my guitar, I'll keep on reaching for the stars. And that's the first song I ever wrote. And I recorded it on my first album. And and, uh, yeah, the dreams came
0: true. That is beautiful. And and I think at one point, uh, certainly Motown was an influence. You could have almost been a Motown artist in the sense of that is a style that you love so much growing up in Merlin, which uh sort of on the border or near Detroit anyway, and you would get those stations from Detroit that would play Motown music, and those artists are a big influence on you.
1: Yeah, for sure. Country music and...
0: You know, I, I think I'm, I'm sort
1: of of that generation, though, and, you know, I think about my the uh, the approach that my mother and father took, to because they both played music, you know, and they, so that I'm thinking about the approach that they t- took, and, of course, they didn't, like, have any TV, and they didn't have a radio station, and they listened to, you know, WSM from the, the Grand Ole Opry on Sunday nights, and that was kind of their... You know, influence and of course buying records and things like that. And then, then I came up, and then you know my influences were, were all the radio stations coming at me and country music and CKLW pop music from Detroit and the Motown sounds. Mm-hmm. And so I really feel that I might have been one of the first, you know, generation of country artists that were really broadly influenced and so therefore brought that broad influence into the music. And we're certainly seeing that now with the, you know, the generations after, you know, they're bringing mm-hmm. in all their influences. And so, yeah, country music and pop and Motown and, and I, my new stuff is actually very, very, in, it's a real combination of the, those two sounds, that sort of country Motown sound which again is not anything that much different than maybe what I've been doing but this might be more blatantly uh, Motown-ish you know okay but it doesn't but it doesn't really sound like I mean it's so hard when when you're trying to identify or what it is that you're doing you know it's hard sometimes because you know, the last thing I want to do is copy another sound. So it isn't that. It's not a copy of it. But, but I guess mm-hmm. the essence of it, 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 the essence of it in, in my soul is coming out in this new music, you know. So,
0: yeah. So will we hear something different in this new music on any of the songs in particular, Michelle? Uh, a different side of you? I mean, I know whenever we listen to your music, it's Michelle Wright music.
1: Well, I think that this time around it might just be a little more soul, you know uh than
0: mm, it's that's...
1: interesting one of the song one of the songs was called "Love in this Day," and this song has been pitched to me for fifteen years, but we never cut it because it was just too it wasn't country enough, really, you know. But now it's, it's, it, the time was right, and I cut it, and I love it, and I'm so happy. And Bob Funk, who produced it, just did a wonderful, wonderful job, you know. And the, the lyric, you know, I've seen a world of beauty in a single ray of light. I've pulled off the road for rainbows filling up my sky. I know everything I love is going to be gone in time. So I'm on my way to help a friend just because he needs a ride. And then this chorus is, you know, it's, no, I'm lo- mm. God, I'm singing, Dave. You got me singing. It's called I'm Loving <laughs> This Day and I'm Sending Up Praise and I'm Loving The Way It Feels. It's just, you know, called I'm Loving This Day wow. and it's just real soulful. And then the other song is called Attitude Is Everything. And that's kind of really funky groovy cool song so i'm pretty excited about the new music needless to say
0: well and you mentioned bob funk and a lot of people know his name as a producer of course also married to the great patricia Carmroy, and patricia of course is uh, one of your very very dear friends bob let's talk about him as a producer and what he brings out in you michelle and how he um helps you out in the studio
1: You know, he's just a really exceptional guy as a a human being and an exceptional musician and an exceptional producer. And Bob's an interesting character, you know, because he sort of sits under the radar because, you know, he doesn't really need much attention. He doesn't want to work on projects that he doesn't really believe in because of the amount of time that he puts into something. You know, he sort of—I mean, I don't—I don't—I don't know how he would feel about me saying this, but he kind of came up through the mutlang, you know, analysis of making records. And in that, okay. you know, first—you know, first off, the you know the passion, the talent, the song—that sort of stuff has to be there. But then once you've got that, and you start putting the pieces together the meticulousness that he brings to the table in putting the pieces together is really remarkable. And the patience that he has, because I wanted, I, I Dave, I, I'm kind of bored with my voice, my own voice. I've become, I've become very bored with it. I've become sort of bored with how I coin a phrase or how I hear a phrase and how then I interpret it. I'd been doing it for so many years, and it was becoming a bit redundant to me. And so, therefore, I just didn't really want to listen to myself. And I told Bob, I said, you know, I need someone that can bring out in me something that's going to really cause me to go, yeah, yeah, that Mm. I like, you know. And so he said, all right. And then, dude wasn't kidding, because then he whooped me like, you know, (laughs) like a rented mule or something, because he wouldn't let me slack on anything. We He worked me really hard vocally, and I just am so thankful to him for that, because now moving forward in my career, I have these tools in my drawer now, you know, that I can use, and I hear things differently, because i would sort of gotten stuck into my own little thing that I did. So I'll tell you, Bob Funk's a wonderful human being, and one of my dear friends, and I didn't want to work with him because uh, I loved him so much, you know, and I thought, oh, my gosh, when you put friendship and music to, you know, friends and business in the same bucket, sometimes you end up with a a, a hole in the bucket, you know, and uh, it's not such a good story to tell. Bob said, no, nope, we're going to do this. Come on. And, and we did. And I'm so thankful that I did. And he's a wonderful producer and a wonderful guy. And I think people are going to really enjoy this. Now, it, it's going to require, you know, to my friends in the music business, this is this requires putting your headphones on and listening to it because you can't necessarily <laughs> hear the intricacies until you really settle into it and listen to the, the things uh, that he did. Yeah, yeah. There's stuff coming at us all the time. And sometimes, you yeah. know, you you, you got to stop and... Pay attention to what's going on and, and so that's one of my requests of my fans and my friends in the business to to put your headphones on and have a listen
0: and get lost in the music uh how soon Michelle are we going to hear uh these new songs
1: well for i'm gonna s i'm gonna perform them at the c m uh c m a o s and uh great. Yeah, i'm gonna I'm gonna sing Attitude is everything at the awards show, and I'm gonna do the Love and this Day at the uh, Gospel Revival uh, show that uh, Sunday afternoon and then we hope to have I'm doing something unique with the packaging this time around in that my brother in law is one of the most amazing artists on this planet. And uh, he used to do, he did, you know, he did uh, music, he used to do paintings of murals and things for the backgrounds of music videos. Like he did, I Hope You Dance for uh, Leanne Womack and, uh, Mm. and uh, Nora Jones. He's, he's done a couple of hers and he's, you know, he's an artist and he's going to paint, he's going to create a piece of artwork as the graphics uh, for this packaging of these songs and so uh, we're working on getting that all together. And uh, and I hope to have the music out. Actually, we're shooting for my birthday July 1st. Uh, so that, that's the goal. Yeah,
0: yeah. That is exciting. That's coming up not too uh, far from now. And are we going to be treated to some of your own songwriting on the project, Michelle?
1: Well, so I've only cut two sides. So we're just going to start with the two sides and get it out on iTunes okay. and have, have a couple of new tunes to... Uh, to perform for the fans and so on. And for me too, you know, like I'm so glad I got these songs cut because coming to the awards show, you know, I'll get to play some new tunes that I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, uh, so the two sides I cut, by the way, are written by a great Canadian writer by the name of Daryl Burgess and a couple of his buddies, a gr- couple of girlfriends that he writes with. Uh, but uh, there are a couple of, of Americans down here, but uh so, when we were looking for songs daryl started i've written with daryl before i 'm a major fan of daryl i love- I love this guy again just as a human being, but as a talent he's just great and uh he you know we he started pitching us this song these songs, and Bob and I were like, "Dude, where have these songs been although love in <laughs> this day like love in this day's been pitched to me for fifteen years." So I just mm-hmm. smiled when, when when that song came across the table again. I just and I heard it and I went, I've been holding on to this song for 15 years, and we're gonna cut it now, dang it. So uh, cut these two songs were, were <laughs> written by 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 Daryl Burgess, who I love, and I've been writing, 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 and I hope to get, uh, uh, of course, always some of my songs on on the uh, project, but. I do always try to cut the best songs that are there. That, to me, is more important than anything else.
0: That makes sense. The best song wins, and your fans always like that because they want to hear a great song from you. Uh, Speaking of great songs, uh, Take It Like a Man, of course, was the big hit in the U.S., got you a lot of exposure there, and, of course, back here in Canada. Uh, Written by Tony Hazelden. Can you take us back, Michelle, to when you first heard this song, I assume in demo form, and... What made you relate to it, and what made you want to uh, go on and record it?
1: It's a a distant memory part of it, and then other parts of it are like they happened yesterday for me. But I absolutely remember the first time I heard the song, and I knew that I had to record it. I just, you know, I was young and single-ish. I mean, I wasn't married. I was dating a, a, someone I'd been with for some time, but I sort of knew that attitude of, you know, and, 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 and it actually still remains the truth, I think, for all of us women, uh, no matter what stage we are in life. It's kind of like, okay, you guys, you know, okay, dude, this is, this is how we got to do this because I don't want to be messed around with. I don't want to be cheated on. I don't want to be, you know disrespected i i want to be treated right and so it, are you, can can you can you take it like a man you know can you step up to the plate and and make and, and treat me right you know and and i and i love how the song started I, to, you know the the song was written because tony and written by one guy which i love but tony hazelden is an incredible songwriter he's written so many hit records that it's ridiculous but uh, he uh, his daughter had come home from college and she was ticked off at her boyfriend and she put her hands on her hips and she said, "Dad, I wish you'd just take it like a man." And Tony <laughs> went and wrote that song that night. You know, wow. Just that. Yeah. And I remember the first time I saw the video. And right. Stephen Goldman, that the, the the video director is a Canadian director out of Montreal. And uh, it was his first big break as a video uh, director, and of course he went on to do everybody, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Alan Jackson and Faith Hill and uh, and in uh, Martina McBride and Shania Twain, and, he, and unfortunately we lost him there yeah. a couple of years yeah. ago to cancer. But just a brilliant guy, and I was so lucky that you know a song like that ended up meeting up with a director like Stephen Goldman. And just everything mm. about it was magical to me. When I look back at that video, and I remember the first time I saw it, I just knew that we'd done something that was right. And so, so many great memories. And, and I'll tell you, it was not an easy sell at radio. Because, again, it wasn't, you know, I was kind of considered one of those rebellious artists that wasn't really country enough for radio, you know and so we struggled right. to get that song played and uh but uh we eventually got it to number 8 on the charts here in America and number 1 in Canada at the very least a top 10 single kind of wherever it ended up uh, you know going and being performed or you know at whatever radio station or whatever country station around the world so to speak but uh yeah it was magical and and we all kind of knew it
0: but we had to fight pretty hard to get it to
1: to 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 be heard.
0: Incredible story behind the song. That is great, Michelle. Another song from that album uh, that came out in 1992. Uh, the other song that there's several in there that are wonderful, but uh, a real uh, special song. He would be 16. He would be 16. The
1: sun she never. hurt so much to give him up. What else could she do?
0: He would be 16. What a story in that song uh, about uh, the character, you know, giving up a child and I guess wondering where he would be at a certain point. And tell us about that song. Obviously a very special song that connected with a lot of people.
1: Yeah, you know, that's, that was a song I didn't want to record because I typically record from my own experiences. As a matter of fact, it's, it's always been a pretty key ingredient in my career. don't really like to sing about things that I don't know about. And so when this song was pitched to me, I was a bit... I was still living in Toronto at the time, and uh, my manager was there, Brian, who I, of course, continue to... Work with for many many years uh, but they they, they they sent the song by cassette from Nashville you know on cassette by mail yep. and it came to Brian's office and I was living in Toronto at the time and he was in Mississauga and, he, and, and I was working with Rick Giles and Steve Bogart the producers at that t- time who really helped me a lot they kind of discovered me in Canada and brought me to Nashville produced the Do Right by Me album which got me my record deal with Arista. So here we are now working on the Arista record and they they found he would be sixteen, sent it to us in Toronto Brian is like, oh my gosh, you got to come and hear this. I get in my car. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear the song. He plays me the song and I'm just completely like, are you kidding me? What in the world am I going to do with this song? You know, like who wants to feel that kind of pain in a song and I've never Been pregnant I've never had A child I've never had to make this Decision and I remember Brian He's a, it was a father at this time And for him my reaction Was kind of surprising to him Because for him it just Hit him right between the eyes And so I had To live with that song for a while Then I decided to bring it out on the stage Live And I mm. said to the audience you know I'm really wrestling with this song. I'm not sure what to do with it. I want you to tell me what you think. And the reaction Dave was unbelievable. I I just couldn't I mean, I would I would do I I doing mm. that song and then I I one time I was signing autographs after the show. And this I'm doing daytime shows, you know, I'm not I'm nobody knows me from a hill of beans really. And I'm just doing my thing and signing autographs afterwards and can't wait to see the headline act, you know. And so i am done my show, I've done that song, I'm signing autographs, and this woman comes up to me and she's just bawling her eyes out, young girl, really, young lady, 20s probably, and she said, I just finally told my husband about the child that I gave up for adoption. Well, now, right now, as oh, I'm wow. telling you this, I'm starting to bawl myself right now. I mean, she yeah. heard the song, she, she said, I took him, I, I was like, oh my gosh, she said, yeah, I brought him under the bleachers over there, and I finally told my husband, I think it was her husband, but that I that I gave up a child. and Your song just inspired me to do that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy, you know, and beautiful. And just so it just became apparent to me that this song needed to be done and needed to be heard. And the stories, Dave, I, I've got, you know, so many great stories from people that, told somebody that they needed to tell or from mothers that went, here's my son. I finally found him. Can you imagine? I'm at an autograph mm. table oh. to this day. I'll be at an autograph table and a woman will stand in front of me and she'll have like some six foot three gorgeous young guy standing beside her going, this is my son. You know, I finally found him. And it's just some oh, of the most gosh. beautiful experiences in my oh. life that I've had from that song. Yeah. You know, and what the lesson is in that song as an artist, I guess, is that sometimes you do have to record songs that maybe you don't necessarily relate to, but truthfully, it's probably about the last time I've done that, just because it means so much to me that I know the song you know from my own experience. But I haven't had a song like He Would Be Sixteen come along either, I don't think, you know.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, that is such a special song and it's it's just great to hear the, the impact that that has had on other people, and I mean, music does that. I know another song where you uh, really needed, well, it's a small change in a song, but I, we've talked about it before, in the song, I've Forgotten You, and I'm just doing this from memory now, but I think you changed the line to Nights in Jasper from, I think it was an American reference, and you just needed to have a Canadian. Yes, there.
1: I had <laughs> to have a Canadian, because come
0: on, folks,
1: we've got to celebrate our beautiful <laughs> country in our songs, right?
0: And that brings to mind too, just on that same subject, uh, maybe it was Memphis, the song. We've talked about this before, and that was a song you couldn't relate to Faulkner novels and uh, some of the other stuff going on there. And you thought, I can't sing this. I can't. I, I'm not, I haven't been there.
1: Well, so the, you know, and the, there's another example just to kind of uh, you know further the conversation we're having about how important it is that I relate to what's going on because. Wow, what a great song. And in hindsight, I wonder sometimes, but I don't spend too much time in hindsight because that's a kind of a wasted place to be. But uh, I had never, I, I, I was, just, this was that, they pitched me that for my very first Arista record. And I'm like very proudly Canadian. And at this point, I'd never been to Memphis, I'd never read a Faulkner novel. And I thought, I don't know anything about what this song is saying. Well, I've been to Memphis. I've I've flipped through a Faulkner novel. I've been to Memphis more than once now. And if anybody pitches me another song that's that good, I will not pass on it. Because
0: what a beautiful melody and what a beautiful song. Yeah. And of course, Michelle, we're here to focus on the CMA Ontario Impact Award being presented to you on June 3rd in London, Ontario at the CMA Ontario Awards. But I also wanted to look back at uh, a couple of great honours you've had given to you over the years. Uh, uh, The first of the two I want to talk about is your induction into the Canadian Country Music Hall of Fame in 2011. Obviously, uh, a pretty major achievement and a major acknowledgement. Uh, Tell me about your feelings on that and just how special that moment was for you. It's It's interesting
1: when that sort of stuff is happening to you you are it's uh, Terry I I just did Terry Clark has a syndicated, you know, country show around uh, North mm. America and uh, we I just did an interview with her and we were both talking about how when everything is happening to you in, in that moment in time you're almost not present you know there's you're either exhausted or you're just scared or you're nervous, or you're got so many things coming at you that you just can't absorb it all. And uh, how much more fun we were both having with our careers today. And there's no doubt that the hall of fame award is one of those awards that I just grin from ear to ear. Every time I talk about mm-hmm. it, every time someone mentions it, it's so stave, uh, you know, uh, Yep. Again, just a girl from down the road there, picking up a guitar, and you know, and then the next thing you know, you're 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 being honored like that. It's it's just so something I truly appreciate. Uh, Again, like this Ontario award, the fact that you know, the fact that my friends and my peers in the business will, will, will would would say, yeah, we want to give this to her. It gives me a gives me confidence you know to and it gives me encouragement even today you know to to keep doing what I'm doing and and just kind of like put my shoulders Mm -hmm. back and go you know what I'm going to keep doing this because I love it and my friends and my peers in the business are encouraging me by showing this kind of uh, oh I don't know what it is just this kind of appreciation for what I do or respect for what I do or just, they like me. They really like me,
0: Dave. It's (laughs) It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. Awesome, uh, just an amazing acknowledgement and the other one I wanted to touch on here uh, you were presented with the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal in recognition of your contributions to Canadian culture and civic life that was in 2012 another great honor for you Michelle and you know contributions to Canadian culture uh, is just a mm-hmm. great thing
1: Yes you know I have a great story my, you know just my mother when she was just a little girl going to school, they didn't remember uh, when the queen was uh, crowned, they all went down to a bar where there was a a black and white TV. And all of her, you know, all the kids went to the bar to watch this happen. And my mother remembers that. And then 60 years later for Mm -hmm. her own child, to be receiving that award was uh, mm. was pretty pretty cool, you know. So I, I'm so thankful once again to even be considered. And, you know, it's, it is an interesting thing that happens when you are being given these types of awards and being acknowledged in this way. I think there's a responsibility that comes with it too. And it, it actually inspires maybe the thought process of, okay, well, I wonder what I can do moving forward musically or I wonder what I can do culturally for the country moving forward or I wonder maybe what I can do to continue to make a difference
0: one way or another. It totally inspires
1: that type of thought process as well.
0: Uh, I want to talk about potential duet partners for a moment, Michelle, because I'm looking at uh, a list of some of your favorite artists, and we've got Keith Urban, Garth Brooks, and Sting on the male side of things. Mm -hmm. Do you have somebody on your mind now, Michelle, that, uh, you know, in the next year or so, whenever the time is right, that you would like to head into the studio with and uh, do a duet?
1: Well, I'm actually going to the studio and I don't think we can talk about it yet, but I'm actually heading in the studio to do a duet with somebody. And I'm very excited Ah. about that. You know, so I, that, that's happening. Uh, But, but uh, uh, someone that I would love to do a duet with would be Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. That's, that's my girl right there. You know, she's a huge influence on me and uh, I just, She's still just I just saw her here not too long ago and she's still just as groovy and cool as ever, you know. She's just so timeless. So that would be mm-hmm. something I would really love to do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That would and be the, an amazing and the, combination. And,
1: and the and the, and the other one that I want to do a duet with, I'm actually doing it, so I can't say it yet.
0: <laughs> ah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of suspense. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we will look forward to yeah. Uh, when that news gets out uh, Michelle, thanks for just dropping a little hint there as far as that it is a duet but uh, we'll, we'll stay tuned for that uh, another song I wanted to touch on is a more recent one from your 2013 album the song is called Strong and this is an anthem for women everywhere and the video uh, adds to that as well Susan counts her
1: tips and looks in on her kids makes sure they get their homework done As many jobs as it takes for her daughter and some nights she feels defeated, but don't mistake that for
0: Uh, what an incredible song. Tell me a bit about Strong and the impact you wanted it to have, as well as what you've heard about it having on people.
1: Well, that, that song was written, uh, gosh, it was. It, it, you know, it was inspired by uh, Captain Nicola Godard. Uh, when I went to Afghanistan uh, to perform for the troops, uh, the first Canadian female uh, captain was killed in combat. And, I mean, we experienced that as closely as you possibly can. They they brought, they brought invited us as civilians to her ramp ceremony, and uh, we met the Afghan soldiers that were fighting side-by-side side with her that had been injured but, but not killed. Uh, I since then have sat at her parents' dinner table, you know, and so, you know, C- Captain Nicola Goddard, is absolutely the inspiration of that song. And then, you know, as I got thinking about it, I, you know, my, my business manager at the time, Sue Ferryman, was dealing with ALS, you know, it was taking her life. And I watched the courage and strength that that woman brought to this diagnosis, you know, and she just showed so much courage and strength. I, 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 I to this day, I just, well, I, I talk to her, you know. I, I just try to. I'm going to get emotional now because her husband, Mr. Ferryman, is dealing unfortunately with a a, a form of dementia called Lewy body. And someday, sometime, David, maybe we can talk about that. But as uh, Brian is now dealing with his own challenge to to have watched his wife fight as strongly as she did through that disease that took her in 2014. And then my mom, who's incredible, you know, this. my mother had her first child at 16 and her second child at 17. That that was me. And uh, she just went through a double mastectomy. And, 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 you know, three weeks later she was on the beach in Cuba. She was like, okay, let's get this over with so I can go to, to the beach, you know. I mean, she just doesn't let anything stop her. Wow. And so I have many, these women that have, you know, crossed my path, inspire inspired that song and then of course I discovered by putting it out there so many stories from so many other women I mean girls that had tattoos they showed me the tattoo that they put on their arm from that song you know and uh and just sharing stories of their own of themselves or their own sisters or mothers or girlfriends or whatever of their the strength and courage that that we see in the women of the world. And I, I, th- I know that we inspire one another, you know, constantly.
0: It's amazing what music can do time after time and song after song. And we've, you know, talked about he would be 16 and strong. And there's many more of your songs, of course, our listeners can go back and listen to and uh, and it'll have that effect on them. Uh, as we get set to wrap up here, Michelle, I wanted to ask you about advice you might have for artists out there who are new on the path and who are, you know, kind of starting out and trying to make it in uh, the music business and trying to get their name and voice heard. Uh, what what kinds of things would you say to them just to encourage them along that journey? Well, I, I think it's really exciting
1: that they feel that passion and that desire. You know, it's how exciting to go. I think I might be able to do this, you know, and then, you step in, man, you just, you got to step in there. You've got to do everything and anything that you can. It's a very challenging question because on one hand, sometimes I hear things over and over and over and over again that sounds so redundant. And, you know, because what I was about to say is I was going to say you've got to figure out what it is that you do that nobody else does something in your voice hmm. that's different than somebody else, something about your point of view that, you know that you may be just so much more. Absolutely, it's like if you think of Miranda Lambert and kind of how she created this this vibe of who she is and what she believes in and how she, you know, what she's all about. You kind of know what she's mm-hmm. all about. And uh, and 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 then, of course, that incredible voice doesn't hurt any, right? But but I mean, I <laughs> think you've got to be, I think you've got to be really specific about sorting out. Well, what am I bringing that? Do I sound like Carrie Underwood? Well, if I sound like Carrie Underwood, they don't need another Carrie Underwood, you know? Mm. You know, who who do I sound like? Do I have my own thing? And I think that's a really crucial ingredient. And sometimes that takes a little bit of time to develop, but to copy other people to me is is a mistake. So make sure that you're searching your own heart and your own soul for what it is that you're going to bring mm. to the table that's going to be different. And then you've got to work hard, you know. You've got to be committed. And so, it's, again, and Dave, sometimes answering that question for, for me I find a little challenging in today's age because once I made the decision that this is what I was going to do, there was a gig for me six nights a week. I then went out on the road for five years, six nights a week before I made my first single. You know, but because there was, yeah, a, there was wow. a scene, you know, there was a scene. There mm-hmm. was, every town had a bar that was paying players to be there six nights a week. And then we'd load up the van and go to the next town. And we never, we were never out of work. I could make a living p- playing music. And I know that the kids today and the youngins today, they, they got to have a job, you know, because there isn't that scene. So they don't, can't perhaps... Commit themselves that way anymore, but still you've gotta find a way to be absolutely one hundred percent committed to to this business. It's that simple there ha that has to be the only thing that you live and breathe, and then you might you get a
0: shot, you know you can't really have that plan B can you as practical as that might be but as you said you've got to commit that's got to be uh, everything you're going for and and the hard work you've got to put into it
1: you have to it, 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 you just have to and, and 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 i think i know there are i know there are young artists right now they're working hard and i know they're giving it all they've got and and there's a lot of disappointment that comes along with it and then there's those joyous moments when you feel like you're mm-hmm. you're getting there you know and just if 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 every if the young people could keep in mind that you know this stuff doesn't happen overnight. It just and if it does happen overnight, then 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 that's ultimately not going to be the best thing, because you've got to be in there creating and developing and finding your way, and you know knowing for sure also that this is what you want to do. I've heard people talk artists. Talking in hindsight they hate being on the road you know it's like I really like singing and I like writing songs and I like recording but I hate being on the road well if you hate being on the road then don't do this just don't do this because right. that is a big part of this you know so You got to sort out whether or not you really love it, whether or not you're really committed, you know, are you someone that needs to be in your own bed or are you someone that can snuggle up on the back of a van and, you know, an amplifier in your purse, you know, because you got to do some of that, you know.
0: Just one quick second as we wrap up here. I just a shout out to your fans, and I'll give you a moment, Michelle, just to say hello to them. They are listening, and whenever they post stuff about you, it's always with such loving words, and they feel so positive mm. about you and your music. And uh, your fans really love you and what you do, Michelle.
1: It's it's isn't it, it's just so beautiful. I am I, I so appreciate that, and I and I and I I I, I hope it's because they know that that I love them and that I just know I would, what would I be without the support of the fans? You know, it's just to be so, to be, to to state the obvious, you know, and I hope it's because they know that I'm good to my people. I love the people that work with me. I've always been good to just good and kind and hardworking Mm -hmm. and respectful and loving and, and, and that's who I am, and I hope they know that, and I feel that they do by the way they respond to me. And it's so lovely that we kind of have a love
0: affair. It's a beautiful thing. It is indeed, and uh, Michelle, our time has uh, uh, quickly flown by, and it's always such a pleasure to chat with you, and I look forward to the next time possibly when the uh, new music is out to chat about it and uh, get into some other subjects as well. Thanks for being on the show, Michelle. Once again, I think you've been here maybe nine or 10 times over the last nine years. It's just uh, been been incredible.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Dave. And thank you for allowing me to celebrate this uh, new award with your listeners. And I, I appreciate it so much. Thank you.
0: And that is such a great award coming up June 3rd in London, Ontario, as part of the CMA Ontario Awards. Michelle will receive the CMA Ontario Impact Award. Such a huge acknowledgement uh, and just wonderful. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country.